Today I want to look at um, the perspective of Joseph, you know, Jesus's earthly dad. And I want to kind of do an interview with Joseph if we can. Uh, I want to give Joseph uh, uh, some time to talk and to, to spend some time reflecting on what it was like uh, for him to be, you know, in that position that he was in. You know, we're back in those days, uh, you know, with the culture the way it was and and what it meant for God to send an angel to Joseph and say, this is what I want you to do. It, it really is an unbelievable story. So I want to kind of take that perspective today and, and kind of unravel it a little bit. So in the words of Joseph... I think he would say these things. I was chosen to be one of the most important people in all of human history. You see, I was chosen to be the, the parent or the parental role model for God's only son to be born into the world. I was chosen to be the father, the earthly father of the Messiah what pressures that put on me and on my family. Think about the doubts that I had. What about the expectations that were upon me? What if I messed this whole thing up? How was God going to use me, you know, just an average person, to support his son, to teach his son? How, how is it that I could fit into this unfolding of the salvation that God had planned for the world? How would that happen? After all, I was starting off at a disadvantage. I was poor. I didn't have anything. I was just a tradesman. I was nobody special. Yes, I believed in God. And I did my best to serve God and to live for God to pray and to read the Torah and the scriptures and to understand what God was saying to me. I, I did my best at that. But all in all, I was nobody special. I was simply an average person. And I had to ask some very difficult questions. Very difficult questions. How do I provide for my family? when I'm moving from place to place all the time. How will people pay me? How will people know what I'm worth? How will people know whether or not they can trust in me and trust in my workmanship when I go from one place to another? How do I keep Mary safe while I'm out trying to earn a living? And if I'm to be the earthly father of God's son, why is it that I feel so all alone most of the time? And what if I fail? You know, my relationship with Mary was difficult at first. It was very, very difficult. Because I thought that she was a liar. I thought she was a cheat. And there was turmoil between us. Because we both were striving for an understanding of this truth 
that God had revealed to both of us in different ways. This truth of what God was allowing and asking us to do, it, it, we, we both wrestled with it all the time. It was something that we talked about constantly. And even though Mary and I could relate to each other that way and talk with each other, most of the time, you know, I felt simply like a fool. And I questioned God. I felt like I didn't deserve what was going on. Because most of the time, I, I, it felt like I was being punished. Because God wanted me to put my reputation on the line. And not only mine, but my family's, her family's. You know, all of this kind of overflowed, not only from Mary and, and I, but into our families and friends and and into our business dealings and into our worship at the temple and the people that uh, knew us would shy away. And it was an unbelievable thing that God was calling us to do. I wasn't even sure at the time that I was hearing God correctly. I really wasn't. It was just a dream that I had, you know. But I had to sense... I had to trust in my sense of right and wrong. There was a scripture that was written about me, and it's one that you read in the Bible, and it's from the book of Matthew. Let me remind you of what it is. Matthew 1.20, it says, But after he had considered this, meaning me, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. How do you know it's really God speaking sometimes? How do you know that the voices that you're hearing truly are coming from the, the gates of heaven? There was doubt in my mind, constantly. And I will tell you this, that after that dream, I can tell you angels are not what you would expect. But this angel knew all of the details of my heart's anxieties and the struggles and the questions. He knew them all. But there was something that was life-changing about that encounter with that angel that night. And Mary, life with Mary was not quite what I expected either. You know, after all, I like to be in control. I like to I like to make sure that things are going the right direction so that the things that I want to accomplish I can look forward to and there is so much going on. God seemed indifferent to the insecurities of our heart sometimes. He seemed indifferent to providing us with any type of comfort. And yet there were other times when it seemed like God was immensely close. It was something we had to get, re get, get used to. See, I didn't realize what a blessing the hardships would turn out to be. I didn't realize how the things that we were called to do, called to experience and to go through, how they would affect all of humankind. You know, of course, today, from, 
from a heavenly perspective, I can look back and see how the things that were going on, the things that I was called to do and to participate in, were things that benefited humankind. But back then, I didn't see how they would affect anybody. I was simply trying to be obedient to God, even though it seemed somewhat disorganized, and I had no idea how much I really, really needed to trust in what he was doing. You see, as Jesus' earthly dad, I always knew that God was really there, but I wanted a more constant sense of his presence to calm my own doubts and my own anxieties. Maybe you experience that today yourself, where you just want a more open, a more relative sense that God is with us, that God is here. God is leading and guiding and protecting and and nurturing us along this pathway of life. There were times when I really felt like Jesus was mine, my son. But then there were other times when I felt and realized that he wasn't. And he was a challenge. Jesus was definitely a challenge. The things that came out of his mouth, oh my goodness, not bad things or disrespectful things, but inquisitive, wise, and quite astonishing for a child of his age. You see, they separated him from the others, the other kids of his own age, because of his unique nature. And it was quite evident to Mary and I. And every once in a while, people would realize that there's something very special about him. I remember the day that we were traveling with a group and and we were traveling and we believed that Jesus was with the other kids in the in the caravan that was traveling and all of a sudden we realized that he wasn't here. He wasn't with us. We lost him. And I felt really, really bad that day. I felt like I'd failed him. I felt like I had failed God, failed myself, failed Mary. Because we assumed that he would be traveling with the rest of the kids in that group. But that day was also the day that I realized fully who Jesus was and who was watching over him. You see, my role, Joseph's role here, was simply to nurture and to bring him up to the best of my ability to teach him how I felt about God, how I believed in God, and what I understood about God and the scriptures and the prophets. You see, the weight of this fatherly responsibility for him, it never left the forefront of my mind. Never. Now, in scripture, I'm pretty much an obscure person. I'm never recorded in scripture as having said anything. So I enjoy the opportunity to share with you today some of the thoughts that were going through my mind. It doesn't talk about any of the lessons that I taught Jesus or the conversations that we had. It doesn't say anything about the nights that I went hungry so that Joseph or so that Jesus and Mary both had something to eat and I didn't. You know, it's because I'm not really the important one. He is. 
My biggest challenge, though, I will tell you, was to believe in all of the things that God was asking me to do and to believe that God was in control when everything seemed so out of control, so haphazard, random, unplanned. I mean, after all, God didn't even provide, and neither did I, a safe, clean place for Mary to deliver God's son. You know what I felt that that night? I, Mary was in such distress, and I felt like such a loser because I couldn't find, I couldn't come up with what I wanted to for her and for the child. It was very hard sometimes actually seeing God work and actually understanding what he was doing. It was hard to to understand and to believe that God hadn't forgotten us. He hadn't abandoned us. Yes, there were some times I felt that way, especially when Mary and I were called to, to go to another country because of the threat against Jesus' life. But there are some huge questions that come out of this whole situation, this whole life that I lived with Mary and with, with Jesus. And that is, how do you live a life always being on the edge? How do you live life for God when you don't understand it all? How do you live for God? How do you live a life of faith and belief when you're struggling with trust all the time? You wonder where your next meal is going to come from or, or what kind of shelter you're going to have for the night. When you have to trust that as you're traveling, God will see you through because there's not always people out there that are willing to help you. Many times they simply want to take advantage. You know, I always, during those days, reminded myself and today what an honor I was given to be chosen by God, not because I'm anything special, I'm not. I was just simply willing. As I look back, it has been quite a humbling journey to be part of the plan of God, to usher his salvation into the world. Now, not much is known about my life after that temple incident when Jesus was about 12, when, when I lost him. You know, God's word could have included the details of what was going on, and, but it's not important. It really is not important. What is important is Jesus, and that the world, and that each one of us, and that you understand who Jesus is. This whole experience changed my life. I've, I've never been the same ever since. Humbling. Grateful. I can't describe for you what it was like to raise, to the best of your ability, the Son of God in a way that would have been pleasing to God. Do you know what it was like raising a child that you expected would someday save you from your own sins. Do you know what it was like raising a child whose wisdom 
was far greater than your own? Someone asked me, would you do it again? Absolutely, without hesitation. Knowing today all that has taken place, all that was required, all of the sacrifice, as well as all the blessings, yes, I would definitely do it again. But there's an even more important question this morning. And the question is this, would you do it? If God called you to be a part of this scenario, this this unfolding of a what seemed like a crazy life, as he ushered his son into the world for the for the purpose of saving it, would you be a willing participant? What if God asked you this morning to share the good news of his son with another individual today or sometime this week? If God placed someone in your pathway this week that needed encouragement or needed to hear the story of of what God has done for the world, would you be willing? My name is Joseph, and I hope that one day I will see you in the heavenly kingdom, in the kingdom of God, where my son Jesus is. Thanks, and God bless.